have been working with. When she came to me, she has a marketing agency and she was coming to me from another bookkeeper who she liked and the bookkeeper was changing her prices and it wasn't going to work for her anymore, which was why she was shopping for a new one. And as we started talking about the relationship that they had, that's what it was. She was scared to ask her bookkeeper any questions. She just did whatever she said. And it wasn't healthy. Hi there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a business podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, and I'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business. I've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes we've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. All right, welcome into another episode of The Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and I am so excited to be here with a friend of mine, Diana. She is going to talk all about bookkeeping and numbers. And if you're listening and you're one of my students, you know that I love talking about numbers before we talk about anything else. And so I'm excited about this conversation with Diana. So Diana, will you tell us who you are, who you work for, um, and maybe some of your passions behind why bookkeeping and why numbers for you? Sure. Um, Thank you so much for having me today. I am super excited to be here talking about all of the things related to bookkeeping and small (laughs) business. Um, So my name's Diana Gleason. I am actually a former professional dancer. Um, My education background um, is a Bachelor of Fine Arts in professional dance. Um, And I had a hip injury and then I had twin boys. And that (laughs) took me from um, stage and studio into office. (laughs) And um, I started learning remote bookkeeping. I always say that if I, I didn't have such a passion for dance as a, as a kid, Um, my second passion was math. (laughs) I loved math. (laughs) And I had a a good friend that was starting a remote bookkeeping company at the time. And while I was on strict bed rest pregnant, he would send me videos and he, he really, he taught me the trade. Um, and I adapted really well. So here I am, um, almost six years later, still working for the same company. Our company is called Cube Pros, and we do small business bookkeeping for um, small businesses across the U.S. Uh, I really, I have a client in almost every state, I would say. Uh, That's the beauty of being remote and using remote software and Dropbox, etc. So, Uh, It's exciting. Uh, I work with people in many different industries. I love getting a new client in an industry that I've never been in before because we get to learn all about what they do and how we can best serve them. Um, So it's, it's cool. That's awesome. I love that you mentioned having clients that you don't normally work with. Um, It's always intriguing to me. A lot of my ways that I teach my students, I actually pick up from other industries. So primarily, this is the event industry that I work in. Um, But I look at travel, I look at art, I look at um, legal types of industries. And then I think, okay, how are they doing this thing that they're known for? And how can I transfer that into what I do? So for example, in my course, I talk about 
um, a membership type of pricing or um, tiered pricing or something like that. And so when I'm talking about that, I, I refer to Southwest Airlines and Marriott and how right. um, you can get credit cards for those companies and then you accumulate points as you spend money. And then those points turn into benefits for yourself, for your travel. Um, and so I talk about that in my company, in my, in my course, and I talk about, hey, when I um, have frequent renters that come in, like wedding planners or corporate DMCs or people like that, how can I make them a membership program to where they want to keep spending money with me and in turn they get a benefit as well? And so I think it's intriguing that when other companies are like, I actually really love working with people that maybe I don't know their industry as well because you pick up little things that help serve your the other clients that you're working with that are not in the same industry. So that's really cool. I love that. I love that. Well, good. Well, you mentioned that you have people in almost every state or maybe every state and maybe a couple countries or so. But um, all that to say, I know that you have a passion for numbers. I am not that way. I am a creative at heart. Most of our listeners are creative as creatives at heart as well. And so can you talk to us a little bit about the numbers? Why um, Why do we get small business number, um, small business owners um, and the creative industry really kind of need to pay attention to the numbers in the first place. So when I acquire new clients, and I can speak to this um, as the tax deadline, just as we're having this conversation right now, the tax deadline was two days ago. So I acquired a new client about 10 days previous, and she has a virtual running company where she they do virtual racing and um really cool stuff but she has not looked at her books Mm -hmm. or had done one thing financially in the entire 2019 year and she was looking to also purchase a home so she needed to file her taxes and she needed to get everything in order and so when you don't look at anything for an entire year and now it's six months into the following year, it's hard to remember what happened previous. So, you know, when I brought all of her transactions, I work um, a lot or pretty specifically in QuickBooks Online. And when I brought all of her transactions in from her bank and she also uses PayPal, there were 7,000 transactions to code for 2019. A lot of them were checks. And she had no record. Her bank didn't have images of her checks. And she spent thousands and thousands of dollars in checks that she had no idea what they were for. And so we unfortunately had to put them to like an owner draw um, where, you know, she's saying I spend that money on personal expenses when she probably spent it on business, but she couldn't pinpoint it. So staying on top of your numbers and your money and knowing where it's going, it's an insight and an And really, it's like the pulse of your business. You know, like you can't be blind and go into business. You just can't. You have to be aware of how you're spending your money. um, And if your business is profitable and if it isn't, why isn't it? And how can you adjust it? And then the other side of that is staying compliant with the IRS and your state. So you don't want to get audited by the IRS and owe thousands of dollars in taxes. And the same thing if you're a company that collects sales tax, you want to be sure you're remitting that if it's monthly or quarterly, because now you're going to get notices and you're going to owe all of this money that's going to put a wrench into your whole operation. So, you know, that specifically, like to me, is why it's important to have somebody on your side 
that you're checking in with um, that's knowledgeable to this just to keep you compliant and make sure you're you're taking the oh, right totally steps. makes sense. Make sense. I know that if I go more than a couple weeks without um, balancing everything in the credit cards and the bank accounts and just, you know, putting those into the categories we have for our expense sheet, it's hard for me to remember because I'm like, I don't know. What did we spend there? <laughs> Good question. So I totally right. get that. It's it's tough. And I will be honest, as a creative business owner, for many years, I did not do a lot of my finances. And I kind of um, put those to the side because one, to be completely honest, I was scared to look at it. I didn't want to look at it because I knew that what I'd be looking at was not going to be um, good. It weren't good. It wasn't going to be good numbers. I knew that I was probably in the hole. And so in my naive mind, I decided, you know, I'm not going to look at it unconsciously. Of course, I did not just like say, you know, what, I'm not going to look at that today. But regardless, as a business owner, whether you are in the creative industry or something else, I think it's important to look at those numbers on a consistent basis. Yes. So important. It's just so important. It tells it's it's a story. Your numbers are a story of your business and how how you're performing. Um, and that that leads me into to why having a bookkeeper or if you can afford to hire out a bookkeeper for your small business is just so important. Um, you know, I have a few tips and tricks I'd love to share with the viewers of sort of a way to establish a nice working relationship with a bookkeeper. Um, if you guys are down to, to sort yeah. of listen. Yeah, um, tell us all about it. Yeah, so... If you decide to hire a bookkeeper, um, you want to vet them out, number one. Not everybody in the industry uh, knows what they're doing, <laughs> for sure. So yeah. you want to make sure you do, you know, ask ask around, interview around, um, ask friends of yours that are other small business owners, you know, who do you use to help you, um, you know, take a referral for sure. And... When you first have that conversation with your bookkeeper, you know, you want to establish expectations and responsibilities. Um, you want to know, you know, what is my bookkeeper? If I hire you, what will you do for me, right? You're not a bookkeeper. You're not in accounting. That's why you opened whatever profession and business <laughs> that you're in. So you're looking to lop this off your plate to give yourself more time to do what you do best. So ask your bookkeeper, what can they do for you? And I'm here to tell you, these are all the things a bookkeeper should be able to do for you. Um, they should be able to track your income and expenses on a weekly basis. Every dollar you spend or earn should be tracked. They will reconcile your bank accounts on a monthly basis. Now, most people say, well, what does that mean? You want to make sure whatever happened in your bank account also happened in your accounting software. So at the end of the month, the bookkeeper is going to go in and reconcile the account to make sure the two match. If they don't match, something happened and we need to find out why and fix the problem. Right. Because technology so isn't always perfect. <laughs> exactly. And a lot of times certain banks, like with QuickBooks Online, it will sync directly with your bank, which is mm -hmm. beautiful. But sometimes the bank brings in duplicate transactions. So we don't want to overstate your income. Um, or, you know, overstate expenses if duplicate things came in. So we want to rule those out. 
Right. And I will mention just because we have gone through this pandemic and um, certain large banks have not been as readily available as far as the PPP and the EIDL loans, where I will say from our experience, we um, have always been with Wells Fargo. And this is not to throw Wells Fargo under the bus, but they uh, were not able to come through with us as customers. In longtime customers, we've been in business for 10 years and they were not able to do anything for us. We had to go with an alternative smaller bank local here to Dallas, Texas, and which was no problem. And it's really making us consider, hey, is Wells Fargo really the best bank for our business? And I'm just going to go out here on a limb and you might correct me on this, but not every bank is good for every single business. Right. Like depending on what you do, you need to pick the bank that works well for you and the, in the trends that you have going on in your business. And so I think this pandemic is helping first of all us, but also some of my students think, okay, if I'm with this big, big bank, is that really the best best decision for me? And if it's not, I need to find another alternative. But then if you also do your QuickBooks online, which we do as well, will this new bank that we decide to go with be able to now sync with right. the QuickBooks online? So there's going to be multiple factors. Right. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. going to be multiple compati- compatibilities when you're looking at banks. And so it's not just a one size fits all. It's not a, um, hey, only a local bank can help you out, but it can't, you know, sink over here on QuickBooks. So all that to say, we can keep going, but I just want to make sure that our listeners know, and I didn't know this until recently, like I I just didn't realize until recently that the banks that you choose should be able to complement the business that you run and not uh, just a one size fits all. So other than that. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, So the next thing that your bookkeeper should be able to do for you is track down the money that is owed to you and pay the vendors that you owe money to. They are Mm -hmm. certainly capable of doing that. They can run your payroll, um, file your sales tax obligations if you have any, and provide you with financial reporting Generally, monthly is is a healthy way to look, um, in my opinion. Uh, Profit and loss statement, your balance sheet, um, an accounts receivable report, just so. um, And they should be able to explain that to you. They shouldn't just loft off the report and say, here you go. um, Because a lot of times small business owners don't understand what these reports actually mean. So with my clients, a lot of times I do them on video and I'll video the actual report and I'll talk through it. This way, we might not be able to find a time to meet on Zoom because we're both, you know, busy. We certainly can. Um, But a lot of clients prefer that. I'll drill down the report on a video and send it that way. And then if they have any questions, we go from there. So those are things you want to make sure. Those are things that you can, I would say, give to your bookkeeper to be able to do. The end of the day, the only thing your bookkeeper should not be able to do is file your taxes unless they are also a CPA. Um, So, and they should be happy to work in, in conjunction with your CPA in any way, shape or form. Right. I will mention, Uh, I want to add on to what you were saying about understanding what those reports are actually, um, what they actually are because I know it can get real confusing and looking at what is the cost of goods sold or what is um, net versus gross and all of those different terms that might go over our heads. 
Also having the ability to ask your bookkeeper if you don't know a question and feeling okay to even ask that. Because I know that as women and as business owners, we um, might be ashamed that we might not know something or we might um, feel like, you know, I'll just Google it later. I'll just figure it out later. But being able to ask those questions in real time when they're being explained um, is super important that you feel confident enough to even ask those questions because you won't know everything. I don't know everything. Everyone, you know, we learn these things as they come up. So absolutely. And, you know, that brings me to like another another client um, that I have been working with. When she came to me, she has a marketing agency and she was coming to me from another bookkeeper who she liked and the bookkeeper was changing her prices and it wasn't going to work for her anymore, which was why she was shopping for a new one. And as we started talking about the relationship that they had, that's what it was. She was scared to ask her bookkeeper any questions. She just did whatever she said and it wasn't healthy. And that's actually the blog post that we can put in the show notes here. Um, that I wrote was really around that because I felt so terrible that she had hired someone and was working with someone that really was being unfair to her and she had no idea. Um, When you have QuickBooks Online, you should have, as a business owner, you should have access to it at all times. You should be able to log in and look at anything you want any time of the day. And your bookkeeper should also have access to it and your CPA should have access to it. Um, and this mm-hmm. client of mine, when I asked to get into her QuickBooks account so I could quote her on a price for service, she, she didn't even know how to get in herself. And I was like, oh gosh, I need to educate um, other business um, owners on, on what a relationship with a bookkeeper should look like because she didn't know that that wasn't okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, your interactions with your bookkeeper, it's a subcontractor, right? So they're not an employee of your business, yeah. but they should genuinely care about the success of your business and they should be able to give you guidance in, you know, the most genuine way. Um, and if you don't have that relationship yeah. with your bookkeeper, then it's the wrong bookkeeper for you. I agree. I totally agree. I consider anyone who does any work for our company a part of our team. They're just an extension of our team. So my general contractors that build us new product or the people that we order from, um, my wholesalers that I order from, or my bookkeeper, my CPA, my uh, graphic designer, my uh, marketing manager who uh, puts together everything that we do marketing. I mean, Every my software companies and the teams behind those softwares, those are extensions of your team. And if you're going to be hiring anyone for your team, whether it's a software, whether it's a bookkeeper, whether it's someone creating product for you, or whether they're in your office, they should be 100% on board cheering on your team and cheering on your business and caring just as much about your business as you do. Absolutely. If they don't, they're not the right person for you. Just like if you were to hire a sales manager and they were to come in and uh, vet all of your inquiries and get in touch with all of your clients and they were not caring about your clients like you would, right? they'd probably be gone yeah, in a second. For sure. So same thing with your bookkeeper. Yeah, they might not be a W-2 employee, 
but they are still a part of your team and they are representing your team on the number side, which is, in my opinion, the most important side of your business. And if you have someone who, you know, just isn't as excited about your company or isn't, um, you know, taking the time to inform you about what's going on or recommend certain things for you um, or have just a good conversation. We just, we had a bookkeeper last year that we've um, moved on from, from now this year. And um, they were telling us, hey, you need to do accrual counting. You have to do accrual. You have to do accrual. You have to do accrual. And we said, our business would not do well with accrual counting. We are a, a 50% deposit, 50% balance type of company. Right. And most of our events are either two weeks out all the way up to two years out. And so if I were to do accrual counting, that just wouldn't work as well because we just have a whole bunch of money in our tax account just waiting, waiting. there. Right. And it just it would not make sense. We are a cash-based business. We right. um, pay for things as we get cash. And that's how we've always did, always done business. And um, this bookkeeper wanted to fight with us on it, essentially, and say, no, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. And we are like, no, that's not what's going to happen because it, I know that it won't work for us. I just right. know. And um, we had to say, see you later. Um, unfortunately, we right. had a great relationship and we right. had a great uh, conversation. We gelled well together, but this one point, which is a really important point on how you account for your money, right? Um, we just couldn't agree on. Yeah, and so that was something that we had to say goodbye to. And and for our listeners who might not understand accrual versus a cash accounting, which I just mentioned, do you mind explaining that uh, to our listeners? I know that I could explain sure. it, but I'm sure yeah. you are much better at explaining <laughs> sure. that. So generally, um, an accrual based filer um, uh, for tax-based purposes um, is someone who's invoicing. If you are invoicing out um, on jobs, you know, um, the the thought on accrual-based counting is if this much money is owed to me. So as of July 30th, I should have collected $150,000. So if we ran the report accrual, it's going to it's going to account for all of your open invoices and assume that they are paid. So it's not it's not really real, but if you're in a business where generally your clients pay you within the say 15-day period from when you put your invoices out, it's a good way to project because that money is actually certain. Now, for other businesses, they prefer to be cash basis, so they want to account for the biz- for the money when it comes in. Um, it, that's real. That's real time, and you can't get away from that in any any sort of way. You might still invoice out, of course, um, but you know, um, a good example is like a landscaper. Most people pay their landscaping bills to cut their lawn, you know, within the week or two weeks of of. Uh, the service being performed. So they're generally accrual based um, where um, like a cash basis right now I'm working with an adoption company um, and she's like a, a coach for people adopting and they sell um, basically like a, it's like a $5,000 payment and then she gives you all of the advice. So she's a cash, she's a cash filer, you know, the money comes in, the money goes out, 
we uh, we file it by cash. So it's really kind of just like you were saying what works best for your business and how you want to see and capture your money. That's also, you know, there's lots of terms like, you know, if you're an LLC versus an S-corp, um, right. sometimes there are specific um, ways that you have to, for the IRS, capture your income. Um, right. Personally, I like to see a cash-based filer because for me, that money is real and it's in real time. Um, and we know that it's it's there and it's truth rather, rather versus the accrual where sometimes it can be skewed because, hey, what if these people don't pay this money? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, especially in the pandemic that we're going through right now, most of the companies that are in the events industry charge a deposit or a retainer at 50% of their entire contract, which can be hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or ten thousands of dollars. Right. And then they do the 50% balance, um, you know, some amount of time before the event, whether it be seven days, day of, 30 days out, two weeks out, whatever they choose for their company. Well, that being said, during this pandemic, people are um, altering how they are going to actually perform those contracts. They're either uh, kind of being a pill and saying, I want a refund or I don't want to pay the rest of my balance or or right. what have you there. Or they're saying, hey, my wedding is going to be much smaller. And so I'm going to have to take what I have contracted with you and reduce um, what I actually need now because of my account. Um, and so that being said, if we had been accrual counting, I would have been expecting to right. have lots of money coming in the rest of the year. Right. But that is not true at this point in 2020. Right. And so all that to say, cash base works even more so for us right now because we still have expenses, whether we have income coming in or not. Right. And the cash that we have is sacred to us more so now than ever. And if we were accrual, it, one, it, it just wouldn't work as well because the amount coming later, I would be owing more in taxes than what I likely could afford at right. that time. Exactly. So for example, if um, I expected to get, let's call it $20,000 worth of income in um, August next month, and now my expected income is, let's say, um, 1000 well, right. I would have had to owe the other half of that $20,000 of taxes that I uh, accumulated over the last right. year or so. That you weren't actually collecting. That I wasn't actually, well, I wasn't paying yet. I would have had saved. And well, now that cash is sacred to me. Right. And so instead of having to now pay that in August when my cash is already really slim, then that just, it would really hurt small businesses. I believe, in my opinion. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree with you. Okay. We've been on a tangent about (laughs) the (laughs) accounting, so let's pick it back up where we left off there. Sure. Um, So the next thing, you know, I want to talk about with your bookkeeper is just establishing and fine-tuning, like, your workflow and communication. Your bookkeeper should be able to adapt to how whatever works best for you, right? Um, You want to, as the business owner, tell your bookkeeper how often you want to hear from them. You know, do you like a weekly check-in? I have clients that want to talk to me weekly. I have clients that are annoyed if I call them weekly. So, (laughs) you know, it depends 
it depends. So you have to establish it and be upfront um, from the jump on what your expectation is to your working relationship um, and also how you want to communicate. Do you want your bookkeeper on your Slack channel with you? Um, is that easier to keep your inbox clear or do you prefer email or do you want a text message or do you just prefer the old fashioned pick up the phone and call, right? <laughs> um, there are many ways to communicate um, and in a virtual world that we're really living in now, um, you know, just make it clear and concise so that everyone's expectations are the same and nothing gets lost. That's just really important. You should also know going into your relationship with your bookkeeper when they're going to reconcile those bank accounts, what part of the month are they going to do that? You know, generally the month needs to end. And so the following month into July, um, like where we are now, so June ended. Now I'm at July 17th. All of my clients have received their reporting from last month. So they're able to look at what they did in June um, and also January through June. So... Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have like a flaky bookkeeper, right? You want to that you want to have a real expectation of that. I'm going to be able to rely that by the 10th of the following month, I'm going to be able to look at what I did last month. Right. Um, so that's just that that's important. Um, and to the point that we were talking about before, it just should always be acceptable to call an email any question at any time and your bookkeeper should get back to you in a timely fashion. That should be okay. Always. And if that's not a mutual like respect happening, then again, they're just not the right person for you. Mm. So, totally makes sense. you know, just, just some, some things. Um, so yeah. another thing I, I really wanted to bring to the attention that a lot of people um, getting into a bookkeeping relationship are not aware of is your bookkeeper needs easy access to your account data. So most banks and credit card institutions provide guest logins. Sometimes they call them an accountant login. Sometimes they call them a guest login. Um, and it, it would have limited permissions. So your bookkeeper needs to be able to access your bank account to see who you wrote the check to, you know, who the deposit came from so that they can account for it correctly. And then they need to be able to look at your bank statements at the end of the month. So if you grant them access on this guest permission, they can pull that data themselves and they don't ever have to bother you for it. To me, for me, that's the best way because I can do my work for you the most efficiently without having to say, hey, Cam, I need last month's bank statements from these five different credit cards, and who did you write these 12 checks to? And then that makes you have to go back and dig and find it and download it and email right. it, where if I had direct access to it, I could just pull it myself and it saves us all that time. I find some business owners that I work with are at first, a little like timid by that because they think, you know, oh, I don't want someone else to have access to my financial mm -hmm. data, you know, or my bank account. Right. And what you have to understand, these permissions are set up so that your bookkeeper or your accountant, they can't spend your money. They can't do with this. Right. And they can't do anything with your money but see it. And the only right. way they can account for it is if they can see it. So it's best right. to make that as easy as possible because you gave them this job, right? To so that you could get that to do that work. So let them do it. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, it's like the salesperson that is hired and the manager still wants to do all the sales. You're like, why did you hire a salesperson if you don't trust that they can do it? Same thing with with your bank account. There are guest logins. And I know it can be scary because you're like, well, I don't want them to spend my money or or what if fraud happens or what if they copy my account number and they go spend a whole bunch of – that's not going to happen. First of all, you probably have a contract – that is exactly. written between you and this bookkeeper and they would get in a lot of trouble if they were to do that. <laughs> so I'm yeah. sure they don't want to do that regardless. Right. Um, and imagine what all the things you can be doing instead of your bookkeeper asking you, Hey, who did you write that check to? And what was it for? And, and I need these 50 checks to be reconciled by the end of today. Well, instead of doing that, you can be answering your emails or having client meetings that is booking you more business, or you can be doing um, marketing that pushes more people to your website, which pushes more people to book with you. Or you could be um, tending to the vendor relationships that you have um, to really keep pouring into your business. I mean, there's so many other things that you can be doing that is better for your business than going through and reconciling all those checks that right and that's why you're paying your bookkeeper to do it so let them do it you know (laughs) yeah so for sure um the other thing you need to consider is if you have a point of sale system like stripe paypal square shopify um your bookkeeper will also need access to that um when you're collecting money on those channels you are being charged a merchant fee um, and, and generally sales tax and, you know, sometimes there's shipping. So your bookkeeper needs to be able to go into each deposit that hits your bank account and separate out what a lot of people don't understand, or maybe they do understand, but they neglect to realize that you really need to account for this is like when Square dumps a deposit into your account, it's less the fee. So you are immediately, if you just code that deposit to sales in QuickBooks, let's say, or services, you're right now understating your revenue because the fee has been taken. And then you're also not capturing the fee that you paid the merchant. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you have, one, a bookkeeper that understands that. And two, that if you're doing handling your own bookkeeping right now, that you're doing that yourself. You need to go into each deposit and split it out and say, nope, this wasn't $5,200. It was $5,250. And they took $50. I paid $50 to the merchant. That's the expense. And I actually, um, well, no, that's actually, I, I explained that opposite. So if $5,200 comes into your account, you might have actually sold $5,250 in revenue. And then the $50, you know, you paid out as an right. expense to your merchant. Right. Sense. So you want to make sure that you're capturing that so you don't understate how much money you're making and that you're capturing for tax purposes write-offs because that's what we need to get our tax liability down as low as possible so that we don't have to pay the IRS tons of money. Um, So that's really important. And I always give that um, advice to anybody I talk to that's even doing, you know, right now their own uh, bookkeeping because you want to make sure you're capturing those merchant fees and not understating your revenue. Right. That makes sense. Um, so, you know, 
the next part of I would say the sorry as I I'm gathering my thoughts here it's like That's an edit um, yeah like I said we can edit out things um, yeah so you want to stay on top of your financial reports and ask questions so you want to decide how often do you want to see reporting restaurant businesses sometimes they want to see reporting weekly because it's right. it's a cash flow management situation and well, they're it is ever changing too like for right. our businesses it might be a couple of days before we get extra deposits or balances paid it might be gosh weeks or months at this point but with a restaurant that's a daily they're getting cash sales daily daily and they're also paying out food vendors daily yeah so true. You know, sometimes we're touching base with our restaurants weekly. Um, a, a normal, typical small business, um, it's monthly. And then there are other other businesses, um, you know, that they're just, they're happy with a quarterly, once a quarter. Um, so you want to really establish, you know, how often should you be looking at reporting? And if you're unsure, ask. And your bookkeeper should be able to tell you, you know, in this industry and what you're doing, the amount of revenue coming in, expenses, I think we should be analyzing your data this frequently, right? And you should be able to completely feel secure that they're giving you the best advice. Um, the reports you should be looking at, important thing, um, a profit and loss report. That's going to show you how much money did you bring in, what was your your big revenue, then your cost of goods sold is going to come out of that. And then all of your expenses that you paid, and that's going to bring you down to your, to your profit. Um, you want to see that every month. Um, and you want to dissect it uh, with your bookkeeper. And, and they should be able to do that with you, where you can look and pinpoint like, hey, you can even look at it month over month. You can run a PL that you can look at January to July and say, hey, how come I spent, you know, $1,500 in January, February on office supplies? But then in March, April, and May, I spent $4,000. What happened? Right, right. And all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you should be able to, the same thing with payroll. Like, were we really busy and we were so busy doing so much work, so I'd spent more on subcontractors or, you know, my employees worked overtime, but now we're less busy. You know, you should be able to see right. trends and assess them um, and make, and be able to make business decisions based on this reporting. So that's why it's important. Right. Well, and then the many years that you're with your bookkeeper, hopefully, then they can say, hey, last April, this is what you did in inventory, new inventory that you bought, or um, office supplies, or warehouse supplies, or gas, or whatever right. it is that you're spending on. And you can say, but this April, we did way more. Or we did way less. What is the difference? Did you do more events last year and less events this year? Um, and they can kind of help keep those trends year after year, but also month after month. And if you're doing this weekly, then even week after week. Right. And and talk to them. You know, I had a client about a year ago. He was a landscaper. And he he was living paycheck to paycheck, but when you looked at his numbers, he was doing well. He was doing really well for himself. And mm -hmm. 
he was feeling the financial stress at home and he went and merged with another company and and did sort of like a buyout. And in the end, it wasn't the best decision for him. And had he had a discussion with me previous to making that decision, he didn't. He just like went on a whim and was like, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, we don't need your services anymore. It was like, hey, if you just upped your prices a little tiny bit, that would have just made up for the little bit of difference you were feeling that you needed at home and you could have have kept yourself, you know, yourself in business, you know, so rely like very small. Yeah. You know, like rely on your bookkeeper and the people assessing your financial data and ask them, ask them those important questions before you kind of go make a rash decision um, because they are the experts, right, in in money. So ask the expert first and then make your decision. You know, ultimately it's your decision, but I think it's best to ask for advice um, if you're struggling financially in your business. Let's, let's look at the numbers. Let's dissect the reports, pull them apart and see what happened and how can we fix it? Uh, because usually, you know, with math, there's always a way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Take a little bit from here and put it there or increase this and this should go down and yeah, just balance it out. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just sometimes you need to take a small business loan and, you know, sometimes that makes sense. Um, Even though you don't want to, cash is, you Mm -hmm. know, king, but sometimes that little bit of extra money might help you and it will make sense at that time. And and other times we might say, no, don't do that. You're going to pay so much interest and and you're okay. You've got it. Just, you know, maybe you're going to have to, you know, reduce how, you know, sometimes I look at people's books and I'm like, does does anyone cook their own food at home? You know, like all the meals and entertainment I code. I'm like, girlfriend, if you packed your lunch, you would have more money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. My husband is the king of eating out. He grew up eating out. He still loves to eat out. He'll go just down the street to get Chick-fil-A for breakfast when we have eggs and toast in the fridge. And I'm like, right. dude, <laughs> yeah. we have food at the house. It's going to go bad if you don't eat it. Right. You know, so so other reports that I would suggest looking at with your bookkeeper a monthly on a monthly basis is um, an accounts payable and receivable summary. So who owes you money and who you owe money to? You definitely want to be checking in on that monthly um, and have some sort of collections, um, you know, policy. Mm -hmm. Some bookkeepers don't like to do collections. Other bookkeepers have no problem doing it at all. It's sort of their preference um, and probably their volume of work. So that's a good discussion and topic if you think that you need a person uh, to kind of chase down your clients for money, that they're comfortable doing that. Um, and then, you know, who do you owe money to and how, how long do you have to pay it? And is there a plan we should be making to get these mm-hmm. people paid? So every month you should look at that for sure. Um, And also if you're keeping like a budget, which you should, I would advise that to any business or even family, you know, even just your house at home, you know, you have sort of a monthly budget and a yearly budget and and plans. And how are you doing budget versus actually what's happening, right? So that's something good to look at on a monthly basis as well. Um, Those are just some good suggestions, I think, to to just keeping your – financial health, you know, in good condition, I guess I would say. And lastly, get strategic. Like I've sort of talked about the whole time, 
you're not an accounting expert. You didn't open your business to learn how to be a bookkeeper. So take advantage of your bookkeeper's expertise. Ask questions. Um, Your business is going to grow and thrive as a result of having a strong connection with your bookkeeper and reliable data at all times that they are tracking for you. Um, and, And some other questions that you can certainly ask and ways to sort of get strategic are, are these. I'm going to kind of give the shoe to match you. Um, trim the fat. Where are you wasting money? You should be able to look at that PL with your bookkeeper. And just like I said about eating out your lunch every day, you know, where can I scale back to keep more money in my bank account? prioritizing your efforts. You know, you can ask your bookkeeper, what are the top three ways we can improve our finances? And they should be able to tell you. Um, looking to see, you know, can I afford to hire another employee? Like, are you, are you feeling like really burnt out and like you're doing all the things and you need to bring in someone to help you with sales or marketing or just a virtual assistant, you know, ask your bookkeeper, can I afford it? You know, what can I afford to pay them when I put this job posting out? Um, Also, how are you performing compared to industry standards? Many bookkeepers work with several clients within the same industry that you're in. So they should be able to tell you in comparison to other people that they work with or even by just doing a little bit of research, how you're performing to other people within your industry. Um, Sales tax, so important. You need to be compliant on your sales tax. So you want to make sure that you're collecting the right amount of sales taxes on your invoices and that you're remitting the correct amount of sales tax um, to the state if it's monthly or quarterly, whatever uh, your business, um, you know, has to comply by. So your your bookkeeper should be able to remit that sales tax for you and calculate what you owe every month. Um, And some business owners are just like to do it on their own, which is fine, but let your bookkeeper look it over and make sure it's all accurate. uh, Cause you definitely don't want a red flag or an audit in, in that way. Um, You know, can you accelerate the principal portion of a loan? You know, if you're doing really well in your business and you've got some extra cash, do you want to pay a little bit more towards a loan that you took to, to not pay so much interest? Um, distributions, right? You want to pay yourself. What can we afford to, you know, take as distributions to our partners? What's, what's safe? Um, do you have any receivables that are past due? Um, are there another thing, you know, in our industry, because we're virtual and remote, um, and in this pandemic, you know, everyone has learned to have to have to be that way. Are there third-party applications we can integrate into the back office that are going to optimize your workflow? Um, I know internally at our company, we use a ton of them. So we always are giving, you know, just sort of like advice like, hey, did you know that there was this really cool app you could integrate and it'll sync to QuickBooks and like make your life so much easier? Um, you know, they, your bookkeeper should be knowledgeable to that kind of stuff to just simple, easy things mm-hmm. to make things faster for you. Um, and just sort of, you know, as a, as a last remark from me, and then I'll let you sort of go from there, Cam, is, you know, by entrusting your bookkeeper to assess your company's financial pulse regularly, 
you should be able to identify areas of improvement that will help boost efforts to grow and scale your business. I love that. Gosh, I feel like you've given us so many nuggets of information, and I hope our listeners have had a pen and paper writing all this down. And if not, come back and listen to it again. But it's so important, and the biggest thing that I hear throughout the entire podcast episode today is that you should really trust and utilize your bookkeeper as much as possible. And if they don't know the answer to the question, I'm sure they can either point you in the right direction or ask someone on their team if they have a team. But it sounds to me like if you're going to hire a bookkeeper, hire a bookkeeper and trust them with the job that they're doing. If you don't trust them, then you might as well not waste the money on it. Like if you want to retain control over it all, by all means do that. No big deal. Nobody's judging you for doing that. However, if you want to really focus on your business and the things that you do well in your business, then hire a bookkeeper because that's not what I'm good at it. I know for sure. And I'm sure we have listeners that would raise their hands right now and say, yep, I'm there too. Not great with numbers, not great with projecting what I'm going to do. And, you know, I've got my head down in my business. So, You know, the biggest thing that I've heard throughout the entire time that we've been talking is really utilize that relationship and pour into that. Let them do their job and trust them with it. Yeah. Well, Diana, I appreciate you being here on the podcast today. Do you have anything final that you want to share with our listeners uh, and leave them with one last nugget? Um, Yeah. You know, I would just say, you know, hiring a bookkeeper, it is an investment, right? Um, But you would be surprised. Uh, You know, I know my company, we, you know, our goal is always to grow with the business that we're working with. So we want to we want to start with you small and stay with you big. So we're always willing, you know, if if you get a a price quoted from a bookkeeper that feels like no way could I afford that, go back at them and say like, hey, is there anything you can do? Don't be afraid to ask that question. You know, I really want to work with you and I think you'd be really beneficial to my company, but I can't afford that price. Is there something you're willing to do um, so that we can start this business relationship and, and maintain it long term? And I would bet you most of the time they will say sure. And they will find a price point that works for you. So don't be afraid that like hiring a bookkeeper is too expensive or out of your realm um, to keep you compliant because we're small business, we're small business owners too. You know, we, um, we get it and we feel it and we're going to help you grow and succeed. And ultimately that's going to help us make more money and help you make more money. So, you know be comfortable asking for a reduced rate if you cannot afford the rate they throw at you and you really feel like it's the right person. Well, in addition to that, even if you can't afford the full price for them to do every single thing for you, even if it's just some of the tasks associated with bookkeeping for your business that you can say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore, but to keep my costs low, you know, I'll do all of the, um, assigning of the expenses to the accounts that they need to go to or all do some of the brunt of the work, the busy work that needs to get done 
and then your bookkeeper can really form the the reports and really put together all the details that you need to know um, that maybe you aren't doing right now or 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 something to that extent. But you know, yeah, it might not be the full package that you can afford right now. You might have to share some of the work associated with doing bookkeeping, exactly. but maybe eventually, and I teach this in my course as well, our inventory is an investment where you purchase this inventory, we rent it over and over, and eventually it's going to become a profit, which is a great thing for the business. Well, your bookkeeper is also an investment. You're putting an investment down into this bookkeeper and it's going to you know, pull its own weight and, and give you gold later. And so investments are just that. You're investing in something that is going to benefit your business in some way. So Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Diana, for being here on the podcast today. Where can our listeners find you if they want to hire you because you've proven your worth in gold today? Where can they find <laughs> you, you and get in touch? Sure. Uh, so our website is www.cubepros.com. It's C-U-B-E-P-R-O-S.com. And you can find me directly at Diana, D-I-A-N-A, at cubepros.com. Um, we're on Instagram at cubepros and awesome. Facebook as well. Sounds good. Well, we are going to put all those links in the show notes for our listeners to find you as well. And I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Diana. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast. All right, if you are anything like me, you probably wrote down so many details and nuggets of information from Diana. I am so blessed to have had her on the podcast today. If you remember, we go live every Friday at 12 p.m. to talk with our guests and to uh, really unpack the episode a little bit further. And it's a chance for you to ask questions to our guests as well. So I'm excited for you to join us there. We'll be at the Render Podcast on Instagram at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time to go live with her. So we're excited to see you in a couple days if you're listening to this on Wednesday when we air. But otherwise, have a blessed day and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you.